Los Angeles. We go beyond the box score, taking a look at the numbers that ration the reason of coaches and players as BYU meets Loyola Marymount. The latest in the West Coast Conference, a perfect example. These are adjusted win percentage standings. That will determine seeding, something we're going to dive into later in the program. Good afternoon, everybody. John Sadak alongside the former Texas Tech head man in Chris Walker. Kills, usage rate, PPP, not that kind of PPP. It's a whole <laughs> different set of terminology that you're going to hear today. And that lexicon is used by coaches and players everywhere in college basketball. The game has changed, and we're going to change the broadcast today to take you into that with a pretty big matchup in the WCC. And, John, I'm so excited to do this game. I think it's long overdue, shall I say. The viewer now gets a chance to look under the hood, get a deep dive in the future of college basketball, and to see how coaches make decisions on who they sub, why this guy shoots and this guy doesn't shoot. All of those different things are baked into cake. They're going to find out why the numbers matter. I was not told there would be cake. I was told <laughs> we would have extra help today, and that comes in the form of Steve Donahue, head man at Penn, former head coach at Cornell when he led the Big Red to the Sweet 16, and they did it with a highly efficient offense that some of the same success he's enjoyed with the Quakers. That's meant four Ivy League championships and an army of analysts that can help him with Penn. And we welcome him on in. Unfortunately, no Ivy League basketball this season, so that means you're on our team today. Welcome. Hey, John and Chris. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to pull that curtain back on analytics, and we're going to dive deep into why BYU and LMU use analytics. They use it in everything. Scouting opponents, obviously their style of play, recruiting, and even in terms of um, player development. That's the things we're going to do today. As, as an idea, I, I coaches do what the Sometimes that will go against the grain of what many fans think. You think analytics, analytics you think heavy emphasis three-point shot. Generally true, yes, just about dead in the NBA, lightly hanging on in college basketball, but used more robustly by these two teams. Yeah, no question about it. Coach Dan Johnson, Mark Pope being a big himself, they do a tremendous job of being efficient, scoring in the paint, but you can see it's on the down cycle. The NCAA 7.5 and the NBA, wow, they don't do it all. Instead of Joel Embiid. Coach Donahue, how about Matt Harms at BYU down low? Well, here you go right away. We got to decide on the left block Point nine points per possession. Not that efficient. You may live with that. On the right block, he's dynamite. 1.24 points per possession. But here's going to be the issue. He can make that, but he's even more dangerous on that right block when he passes it out. 1.33 points per possession. It's you gotta pick your poison, guys. For LMU, you picked that poison with Eli Scott. An absolute beast. You can see in the last three games, he has been unbelievable. You let him get that close to the rim. He has circus shots, particularly his left hand. And going to the post, again, you see the numbers there, 0.77. You have to decide what you're going to do. Four guys there staring, not good enough when you're guarding this guy. And you see on the pass out, he is so good. He's like a Draymond Green, a poor man Draymond Green, I might add. But he will dish it all day long. This guy is dangerous. There will be math today, and there will be fire. The head men breathe emotion at Mark Pope and Stan Johnson. And beyond the box score comes back right after this. Chelsea takes on a relentless Atletico Madrid. Tuesday on CBS Sports Network.
Between sudden snowfalls, slick ice, and freezing temperatures, winter can be pretty unpredictable. But the one thing you can predict is that the legendary capability of the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever, can handle it all. Jeep Grand Cherokee, there's only one. Right now, get 0% financing for 72 months on select 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee models. To support local restaurants, we've been to every city, including Baton Rouge. And even Topeka. Yeah, we're exhausted. Woo. So tonight, I'll be eating the Roast Beef Hero from Harm in Soho. Excellent. And tonight, I'll be eating the Coconut Curry Chicken from Peakley's in Winter Hill. <laughs> oh, they're excellent. I had so many fried plantains. I thought I was going to hurl. Do you think they bought it? Oh, yeah. Hi, baby. That thing you're tasting, it's called skin. It's kind of weird. It's stretchy and sensitive and so delicate. And with your dad here, we'll help keep it clean and healthy. We're Huggies, by the way. Hi. We got you, baby. Still not edible. Be in. Be in the paint. Be in the zone. Be in the huddle. Be in the upsets, buzzer beaters, and nail biters. Be inside the game. Watch Inside College Basketball after the game on CBS Sports Network. Welcome on back to Beyond the Box Score, BYU, Loyola, Marymount. John Sadak, Chris Walker, Steve Donahue, and our CBS Sports Network crew. As they are set for a tall tip, a couple of seven-foot-three men will go head-to-head. -head. The head coaches, Mark Pope of BYU, had the best first year of any BYU coach ever. man who left med school at Columbia to pursue coaching. Here are the starters. That includes the absence of Joe Quintana. That could change the game. He is out for the Lions with an injury. A Santa Clara player fell on his leg at the end of the game on Tuesday. He is the best outside shooter in the West Coast Conference. Alex Barcelo, no slouch. He is a deadly shooter, but down of late for BYU. The head man for Loyola Marymount, he spent a couple of decades as an assistant, and now he has his chance. After almost 20 years in that second seat, he is the head coach, former assistant at Arizona State, Ed Marquette, who was born and grew up in Liberia, West Africa, until Civil War forced him to the United States in Salt Lake City, and it felt like there was a chip on his shoulder that BYU did not recruit him growing up in Utah. It's usually like that. In this kid did a tremendous job as a player at Southern Utah, and, and here he is now getting his opportunity, and he's done a fantastic job so far at LMU. Three ball, wide open, snap the twine. Caleb Lohner, who had missed his first 13 threes of the year, he's now 15 of his last 30. Now let's begin with pace, possessions per game. What does that mean? I mean, the bottom line is, you got to think about how many times they're getting up and down the floor based on how many times the minutes that they're playing. And you see they're blocked there, but Coppin State, number one, BYU, in the middle of the pack. LMU plays a little bit slower pace. 
And today, it sounds like they want to play even slower by design. Harms on the high-low, able to finish. Yeah, only six players, you know, seven players. So now they're in a tough spot. And the big fella, Coach Donahue, referenced in the open. You get him down there, he gets that left hand over that right shoulder. It's no way anybody can stop him at 7-3. LMU had just six scholarship players available when they came from behind to beat San Francisco a couple of nights ago. We were told that Cody Pugh, the Stanford transfer, whose career has been marred by injuries, was a game-time decision tonight. So Stan Johnson's team has an even thinner margin for error. These are the points per possession numbers. So what's good in terms of points per possession? Uh, you get over one point. You get a team that can score, as you see, BYU at 49th in the country. You get around one point to 1.5 a game. You're very, very, very good. You can see again on the bottom, Stan Johnson and his group, a little over one as well, keeping them in the middle of the pack. They do a very good job of scoring, and they're efficient, and they know where their points are coming from. Eli Scott off. BYU loves to move the ball side to side. Marcelo again, it's harms, and he does harm to the iron. Timeout, Loyola Marymount. A 7-0 surge by BYU right out of the gate. Marcelo and company lighten it up. Ultra efficient and owning the Lions on the road. There's only one most trusted. There's only one most consistent. There's only one most advanced. There's only one number one ball in golf. It's a great start for BYU. They ran three ball screens, and you get seven points. Not what LMU wants to do. You get two dunks, and they mess up a switch, and they get a three. Seven points. And so now this is out of an LMU timeout, and there by any metric is the greatest hair in the game. Lurking on high, Kelly Leopepe, but instead inside, BYU using its muscle. These are the four factors. What do those four factors mean? You're just talking about the, the things that factor into winning the game free throws and field goal attempts often if you're talking offensively offensive rebounding right and then you're talking about your scoring your effective field goal percentage how much do you get uh, quality shots and we're going to talk about that later on that factors in it as well and then turnovers obviously is a huge deal those four factors they talk about Dean Oliver has made this thing famous where this determines who wins and who loses it the arrow. Yep. It does. Uh, to answer your question, John, I think what what these two teams do, they use those four factors differently. For instance, LMU wants a rebound. That's not what BYU wants to do. They want to be effective field goal percentage. So teams use it differently. LMU trying to use pace to slow this game down, looking for their first points. High-angled kiss-miss, and then the whistle. LMU has already called a timeout. There you see Matias Markison, the seven foot three 
redshirt senior out of Stockholm, Sweden, who was the biggest recruit for Stan Johnson. He had to re-recruit him to get him to stay. Yeah, that's always tough when you take over and you want to maintain some type of semblance of a program. Good job keeping him around. He's having a really good year. Three ball, a bigger part of BYU's game than LMU's game. Coach Donahue and I both talked at length before this game started, John. What is going to be the key? As you can see, Anderson coming off ball screens, what he does very well, getting to the rim. How does LMU have a chance to win this game? Coach, what do you think? LMU's got to rebound the basketball. Simple as that on both sides. they got to dominate it. That's not easy, but that's their path to winning for sure. Are you tracking, so we have points per possession up there right now. At what point do the numbers in a game have enough merit that you're looking at it, that you're examining how you're arriving at it, how you can change it? Mostly at halftime, John. I think you don't want to jump to conclusions early, even though I knew they, they mishandled three ball screens. You can't go changing everything after such a small uh, subset. Can't change much, though, with the length of Harms, who has been a force inside early. I mean, he's huge. He's a mountain inside. It's like trying to score over a broomstick. But if anybody can do it, it's Eli Scott. This guy's unbelievable. He finds a way to get it done. And he passes at that post oh so well. And reversing the basketball. There's Harms trying to help close out. Big man, a big man, and Harms wins again. The guttural roar. Young man who chose BYU over Kentucky and Texas Tech. And now right on the spot, Caleb Lohner. The size of BYU feels like it's a big factor. Yeah, no question about it. They're huge. They're talented. They're very versatile and skilled. I'm telling you right now, this is going to be a, a tall task for the Lions. Now Loyola Marymount's just one of eight shooting. Point three points per possession, and you can feel the build for BYU. Barcelo sticks the free throw line jumper. And coach, how do you measure emotion? Can you quantify it? How much impact does it have? It's a lot because Barcelo just took a hard two, but they're feeling good about themselves. So out the window goes the analytics on a good pull up. And we get the offensive off ball. And look at the bench of BYU. Yeah, they're fired up, John. <laughs> Hey, hey, Coach, you actually mentioned about the uh, about Barcelo making those hard twos and uh, how he does it. But going to break, Barcelo doing what he does best. Forget the analytics. I can knock down those twos. Mr. Barcelo, the man. insurance for members like King. A former Army medic made of the flexibility to handle whatever Monday has in store and tackle four things at once. 
So when her car got hit, she didn't worry. She simply filed a claim on her USAA app and said, I've got this. USAA Insurance has made the way Kate needs it. Easy. She can even pick her payment plan, so it's easy on her budget and her life. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Excuse me, excuse me. What? what year is it, please? It's a 79 AD. Run for your life. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Oh, I just remembered. Pompeii was destroyed in 79 AD, by the way. What was the volcano called? Volcano. <laughs> like, so what volcano destroyed Pompeii? Mount Vesuvius. Mount Vesuvius. For real. All BYU early, 13-2, to two, and their star is Alex Marcello. Coach Donahue, break him down for us. Well, he's an elite catch-and-shoot shooter. That's what he does first and foremost. But he loves this. He loves hard twos. He's just not efficient at it. And we'll get back to that. Catch-and-shoot, guard, look at those numbers. 1.64. The other thing is he's elite in particular at his size to get to the rim. They don't love that he takes that many twos. Not hard ones, but he plays with such emotion and passion. That's why using analytics is an art. It's not just straight-out science, John. That's yeah, something that Mark Pope and his top assistant, Chris Burgess, who spent a lot of time with us and our crew, were very candid in sharing that human element and how video backs up data and the two parts work in tandem. I mean, it's very important for players. I mean, especially in today's game, you have to show them, you know, you can't just tell them. You have to show them, hey, this is why you can't shoot. And coach can answer this. You got parents, you got AU coaches, you got so many stakeholders. You better have your, your ducks in a row to tell them why they can't do what they think they can do. Well, that man can hit threes, Kelly Leopepe. Nearly 40% clip last year. Look at that hair game. It caught fire nationally after he played pretty well against Minnesota on a big stage in late November. Yeah, definitely, definitely got a nice head of hair. We're both jealous over here. Coach still has his hair, though. Coach, you still look good over there. It's a little different color than it was, boys. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you that. Hey, about that. The first paint touch, they've really gotten, and then they get a standstill three, which is a high-efficient shot. There you see how versatile he can be. That versatility will be tested today, right? Without Quintana, who's out with injury, he's by far their best shooter. you got to take and make some threes. Yeah, he's going to have to. He's shooting about 30 more percent. And you can see they're calling a foul there, offensive foul. Got to give him a chance to stay still and stationary. But to your point, John, they're going to need him to play max minutes. His usage rate's going to have to go way up. They're going to have a chance in this game. A pretty obvious wrinkle for Loyola Marymount. You don't have to go beyond the box score to know they're so thin. Foul trouble's an issue. And the three ball snaps again. So Markison's got two fouls. Lea Pepe has a foul. Loyola Marymount has either six or seven available scholarship players. And this is what they're losing in terms of the outside shot. You think about that with the size that BYU has. That's a big loss. What a swat by Richard Harward. The bigs at BYU have been dominant. Now Loner wants the high-low. Just going back to that, that graphic, John, with Katana. I mean, you're thinking about how does LMU win this game? I think they have to make threes when one of your best three-point shooters is not available. It just makes it tougher to climb. So you got to look at the numbers and find a different way to win. Shot clock wilting, trying to thread the needle. A foul 
And Coach Donahue, you love the late in the shot clock game of BYU. Well, it's elite. It's the top five in the country. They do a great job. Very few teams are efficient at the end of the clock, John. They're one of them. LMU, on the other hand, unfortunately, is not. So if it gets down late in the clock, they still have the confidence. Like, here we go. Five seconds left. It's usually Barcelos making a tough one. A reset with the foul there, two on Lea Pepe. So he's got two, and Marcuson is two. Lea Pepe stays in there, and he alters that shot. Some good, clean defense there, tight to the cup. Just vertical, you got to take your time. You have to go up and make that shot, or you have to get a foul. you got to be efficient when you're that close to the rim. Oh, aggressive take and make Jalen Anderson, the freshman, diving to the rim. That's what LMU does so well. They're going to get in the paint. They're not going to take bad shots. We spent some time talking to Coach Johnson. They're going to do what they do best and give themselves the best chance to win, and that is getting in the paint. BYU wants to get in the paint. Lea Pepe denying beautifully, but a lot of movement side to side from BYU. That's a point of emphasis for the Cougars. Oh, nice high-low look. Extra pass. Loner the load. Rainbow off, and he's fouled in the act of a three. That's an inefficient play, right? <laughs> Completely inefficient. Coach, how many times that happened, Coach? What's the, what's the punishment? <laughs> I don't know what the punishment I know how I feel when it happens. I'll be honest with you. How about that one? I think it was a four-sided possession. Get to the paint, skip out for a wide-open three, and they foul. Just real efficient offense. And now Loner at the line. Now, so some of the terms that you'll hear, you'll you'll hear about effective field goal percentage. That counts threes at a one-and-a-half times rate. Makes them more equivalent to their value with the two. But, Chris, you believe in going by true shooting percentage, factoring in free Absolutely. And, you know, when, when a guy drives, it's not always about threes and twos. When someone drives to the rim, you don't get a point for that. Now you put them on the foul line, add that to it, and that gives you a truer shooting percentage in my mind. So, again, you got, you know, you can say, well, it's like the Houston Rockets, you know, it's the threes and the twos. Let's add free throws to it. You foul, go to the line, and that actually gives a player to have a higher uh, effective shoot, uh, field goal percentage, and I call that a true shooting percentage. There you see the free throw rate, the effective field goal percentage. It's something that Loyola Marymount dives into. We spoke with Ricky Munch, who is their director of basketball operations, had some time in the NBA and at Marquette, and he pointed out the win rate. How often do you win when you win the effective field goal battle? And he said they found in their league in the WCC, it's about eight out of every ten games. I'll throw one better at you. Anytime that LMU has had the effective field goal percentage advantage, they're 10-0. So that means that when you take good shots, right, it gives you a better chance to win the game. Coach, what do you think about that? Yeah, there's no question. That's a, that's a great formula, Chris. I just looking at the, the first double team we saw against Eli Scott, and he's off balance. He's kind of not ready, and he turns it over. And we talked about he's efficient typically in that situation. Wide open, three ball, Spencer Johnson. That is something I thought that caught all of us by surprise, right? When BYU spoke about the import of Scott and said the plan was double him, try to deny the ball, and, and you really, it caught your eye there, Steve, because of how good he is at a double teams. Yeah, he's shown the ability the other night in particular against San Francisco. He passed it like a point guard. Now look at the look at the stats right now for the turnovers. And this is obviously Loyola Marymount's uh seal. That's just good defense there. Dorch a little bit out of control. Big fella Harvard sliding his feet. You normally, normally don't see that in a big fella. Good job there. 
And that is now six fouls on Loyola Marymount. So bonus in BYU's favor. They now have five turnovers, only three made buckets. And the Lions are stepping up their competition. The schedule for the league was adjusted. There's the double again on Scott. They slough it away. Now another double comes in a different direction. Yeah, they're digging down hard, showing him different looks. You see his size there, a little bit undersized. Delea Pepe. Oh, that circus drive. He's playing with two fouls. LMU is down a few bodies, and the Cougars are up big. I'm not ready to lose my hair. Not now. But I never thought there was a real solution. Now I use Keeps, the easiest way to keep my hair. And I can get my treatment without leaving the couch. Go to Keeps.com to learn more. I'm Dr. James Beard Harden, expert in the history of athlete skincare. Let me show you my museum. In the beginning, athletes did what they could with rocks, donkey milk. These athletes had it tough. Now we have Art of Sport, high performance skincare without the weird stuff. The Bissell Crosswave Cordless Max lets you vacuum and wash your floors at the same time. Dry messes, wet messes, even area rugs. It uses clean water, and the Bissell Sanitize Formula eliminates 99.9% .9 of bacteria. The brush roll mops, scrubs, and sweeps while powerful suction pulls the dirty water into a separate tank. It's cordless for cleaning freedom. It even cleans itself. And when you buy Bissell, you help save homeless pets. See more at BissellCrosswave.com. You fill up my senses like a sleepy blue ocean. You fill up my senses. Come fill me again. From offense to defense to scouting our opponents, uh, from post-game analytics, and even in our meetings, uh, we want our guys to understand points per possession. And as a coaching staff, uh, we love points per possession to be able to evaluate and improve. Well, let's break down. What does BYU do with analytics? It does everything. Yeah, they certainly do, and, and they do a great job, and it, it flows throughout their entire program. You see the, the first one, ball movement analytics, defensive shot quality, where the, the defense is getting their shot from, and focus on net efficiency and using Ken Palm and, uh, to boost their net. At, at the end of the day, talking to them, recruiting-wise, as you can see Nick Johnson there, they did a great job of, of recruiting players, recruiting harms that way. Like, at the end of the day, John, and Coach, uh, I'd love for you to chime in on this. People have to understand, and this is what the BYU coach says, whether you know it or not or care or not, you're being judged by numbers. No they have to it. sort you by numbers. So you can not care about it or not care about your future, but it will be to your detriment. Matt Harms thought the big reason he went there, they showed him how inefficient he was and how efficient he would be with their numbers. 
Part of the recruiting pitch to kind of open the eyes of players, sometimes even current collegiate competitors in the transfer landscape that has altered everything. And it feels like we'll be all the more redefined in the years to come. Well, no question, John. I got one question. Nick Johnson, great job with both these guys and thinks they're all going to be head coaches. That one was nice. Do that little recruiting video, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> that, that definitely the helps Cougars. beyond numbers, right? I've been to the Marriott Center. It's pretty nice. I got a couple of 50 pieces by Jimmer Fredette put on me when I was at New Mexico. And one of the, uh, the great shot makers. We get a blocking foul here. Now, Keegan Brown is one of the unsung heroes of this staff, the men's basketball video coordinator. He's normally on the bench, but Pandemicera on the road. He is breaking down these numbers. He's inputting right now what's happening in the game so they have digestible reports to make in-game adjustments. Is this common, Coach? I don't know if it's common. It's, it's obviously this is a program that really, really loves analytics, and they've really invested in it. Um, so I wouldn't say it's, it's everyone, John, but it's in particular impressive how BYU utilize it during the game. Well, John, they call that live logging, so they, they can do every single thing they need to and, and maybe give us some tips on what's working and what's not working, put the numbers in. And the big fella, again, we're talking about Scott and how he just finds ways to score. He's undersized, but his game, there's nothing under about his game. He does it all. It's three fouls on Gideon George, so Scott at the stripe, only a couple of points, misfires. Bonus rest of the way for both teams. BYU's been hyper-efficient. You see Stan Johnson, towel draped on his shoulders. Many coaches are paying homage to the late, great John Thompson by doing so this year. And he coaches with a lot of fire. Oh, good. Good save there by Harms. And the pass was a little wild. And the emotion just continues to spill. It does. Coach, I don't know how you feel. Like, they have to. I've seen a few games now by Alex Barcelo. Uh, you have to find out how you're going to guard him off of ball screens. I think there's no question, Chris. Obviously, the turnover there just again hurts their case. But in particular, when Harms is involved in the ball screen, they haven't figured it out yet. He's so efficient as a roller. He's over 1.6 on that play. And that's something that you can look at, right? And, and many thanks to the good folks at Synergy that have been uh, so helpful as Harms gets another rejection. Playground move fails. And sharing information with us, that's going to be three fouls on Kelly Leopete. Does he stay on the floor? But the you can go to video directly and say, I want to see every single time player X does Y. How does that help? How do you use that? Well, it's everything about scouting. So now you can prepare exactly how you want to implement your system against certain things that another team runs and what they're fishing at. And that's, to me, is why it's much harder because of the film now and analytics to score necessarily. I'll just decode what Coach says. You're not fooling anybody. Synergy's made it work. You're not. You can work as hard as you want to work. And then getting back to Stan Johnson, he says, hey, we don't overload our guys with it, but we give them just enough. We have to make it, what he says, digestible. Right. right? And, and I like what he said, like, no opinions without research. That's one of the things he said. So it's very difficult when you try to play the game and you just use your bias as a coach. How about that shot? They need that. They're, John, they're going to need threes. They're going to beat this high-octane offense of the Cougars. 
Anderson's got seven of their 14 points. That's only two made triples for the Lions. Averitt responds and rattles it down. Let me ask both of you this. So it was over 10 years ago that I first heard this talked about when I was calling games in the Ivy League. And a coach told me, before I ever look at video, before I ever watch an opposing team play, I look at their advanced stats. And that tells me basically what the team is and what each player does. Then I go to the video and see, am I right? Where was I wrong? Sometimes the data can be misleading. Do you, did you do that coaching, Chris? Do you look at those stats before you look at the team on the floor? You know, when I was a young coach, I did not. But as I evolved, being a guy who's heavy in the analytics when it comes to recruiting, I look at the numbers first and I make a determination in my head because I think the numbers, all right, are closer than than my bias is going to be of what I feel my coaching style or my, you know, my, my, my ability to decide how you're going to play somebody. So I rely on the numbers heavily. I don't know about coach. He might be a little bit in the middle coach, but I'm huge on the numbers in my, in, in, in my coaching career. Yeah, there's no question that you look at the numbers nowadays. They're so in-depth. It tells you the story. You, then you watch film and you figure out, in my opinion, how you're going to play. It's three fouls on Marcuson, so Lena Pepe with three. So the offense of BYU, they break down the points per possession by offensive play calls, by number of dribbles by a specific player. That's something you're looking at? Coach, I'll let you have on that one. That's got to be a, a, a pin thing. I'll be honest, <laughs> I, that's one that we keep as well. Like, we find out we're less efficient when the ball is pounded. We're way more efficient when there's more passes. It's a simplification. But that's a fact. That's most teams, honestly. Hey, coach, good luck. Good luck telling someone that in recruiting today. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Barcelo, who's good at everything, and you got to you got to mix it in the, the science and the art. I mean, it's so hard to tell young players that are coming in, coach, and you know this. You recruited at at different levels about, hey, the ball has to move, and you can't pound it to death. Obviously, they're they're elite ball handlers that that are playmakers, but every kid thinks that's his vehicle to making the team better, and it's just not. Very true. Different defense here. It looks like from BYU. Do numbers influence defensive change, or is that more feel? No, there, there's a there's a feel for it, but like they went in and decided what they're going to do with each player based on numbers. Now at halftime, you're going to go and say, well, that's not working or it is working based on the numbers. And that was one wrinkle with BYU as we'll get another foul on the floor here. Dorch has his second. They said that for Mark Pope, he likes to make adjustments at the under 12 and the under 8. That basically at the under 16, four minutes in, not enough has happened. You don't know what you're doing in your ball screen coverage or your post matchups, but they will make in-game changes at the under 12 and under 8. Take us into your huddles. What what are they like? Well, I think that's a heck of a coach. If you, you have the poise late in the game to go beyond the numbers and say, you know what, I don't think the numbers are working tonight. I'm going with I see and my feel as a coach and my players. And that's what he showed us. And you definitely got to go with your gut. You know, I talk about there's there's boardroom coaches and there's coaches that coach during the game and, and everybody doesn't have a feel and sometimes you just got to make decisions and, and go with your gut. And, and as coach says, the numbers enforce my gut. But you, you definitely have to use your acumen when it comes to to making decisions. And they're, John, they're, they're like, you know, quick. You got to make them quick. And, and your players are staring at you. So are your coaches. 
looks like being at the menu, right? And there's Ivan Olympiev letting it rip. Young man who was time with the junior national team in his native Bulgaria. That was a result of an overhelp on the post up by Eli Scott. He kicks it out. You get three points. Oh, and there's an easy dash right down the heart of the lane. And Trevin Nell, a bucket. Coach, I, I, I've said it. I watched Brigham Young play Pacific, and and they, he came off that same ball screen on the left side of the floor with with his right hand. I'm still trying to figure out why they're still allowing that to happen. He's so efficient. They have so many ways to beat you, Chris. I just think you can't you can't get them all. Like they're just so efficient in so many aspects of the game. Another foul. It's been a foul fest for LMU and for BYU. It's been a walk in the park. Their offense flying, their defense stifling, and the numbers tilt Cougars. We're taking trucks to places they've never been before so they can be trusted like never before by redefining quality and luxury, taking safety to new heights, earning award-winning driver appeal, and by doing what's never been done before, being named Motor Trends Truck of the Year three years in a row. Now get 0% financing for 72 months, plus $2,500 bonus cash on the 2021 Ram 1500. You're probably wondering, what makes these chips taste so good? Here's a hint. Tostitos, get to the good stuff. I have a convenience store delivery for Super Girlfriend. Oh yeah, he said just put it there. Ah, perfect timing. Get more from your neighborhood. Ah, so soft. DoorDash. Five Hour Energy helps you get stuff done. And now, when you purchase Five Hour Energy, you can instantly win cash prizes. For complete rules and how to enter, visit 5hewin.com. Five Hour Energy. The official sponsor of Getting Stuff Done. We were going to stuff Reese's Cups with feathers, and then we were like, wait a minute, pretzels. Yeah, pretzels would be way better. Reese's, now stuffed with pretzels. So, you know, on our first pause, um, we had time to really kind of analyze our program, where we were. And one of the weakest things we were doing at that point was turning the ball over. So we broke down each turnover and analyzed how they came. So that we had to go back and evaluate screening, angle of passing, um, you know, all those things to help alleviate the turnovers. And, you know, that's paid some, some huge dividends for us. So that in-season adjustment has led to four straight wins in league play. How do they break it down, Steve? There are six power numbers. Well, I, I think the, the important one for Coach Johnson is the turnovers, and that's why they've been winning over the last several games. And he talked about how that was a problem early. Unfortunately, today it's happening again. And obviously they're missing so many guards. But look, he knows what he can do. They make it very simple. We're going to rebound. We're going to guard. We're going to take care of the ball. All those other things that people probably think they do, they just can't do it well yet. So they're going to do these well right now. You see the turnover breakdown, and many thanks to the Penn Analytics Group, a group package with the availability of the Quaker headman Steve Donahue and also the folks at Synergy and combining on a monster effort to bring you some extra numbers here today. 
And so this, uh, you mentioned the players that are out, Damian Douglas, a season-ending hip injury, one of their better scorers and rebounders. Joe Quintana is out today with a leg injury, the best outside shooter in the league. Quinton Jackson, the transfer from Temple to Charlotte, out for the year with a foot injury. A much thinner team and plagued with a barrage of foul issues. They try to go a touch deeper here and nearly turn it over again. Yeah, it's just not the team that you want to be shorthanded against. You see that bench there. They're, they're pumping on all cylinders right now, John. They got the enthusiasm. Coach Pope has that team going in the right direction for sure. Now there's Ricky Munch, the Dobo, as they say, the director of basketball operations, who has some NBA flavor that he brings. Yeah, these kids, I mean, both guys on both ends of the bench, they were very smart and very helpful. And that's why I keep saying this is the future of the game. You know, uh, every time I talk to older NBA guys, they're like, ah, no, 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 it's not, no, it's not. I'm saying, I'm telling you right now, they use it. Anytime you watch any debate show, anytime they want to have an opinion, once to get past emotion, it's all numbers. There's Loner adding to his numbers. So let me ask both you guys this. Chris, you played at a high level at Villanova. Steve, you played at the smaller college level at Ursinus. We're starting to see more advancement for head coaches from people that start as managers, like Ricky, that did not play, but have a very cerebral feel and are around the game and come up around coaching. Is that where coaching's going? I really believe it is. If you think about it, Taylor Jenkins, uh, head coach of Memphis Grizzlies, a, went to Penn, was not a player, but learned the game the other way, like we're talking right now, and is a great basketball coach. Yeah, I, I, I want to echo that. As Coach said, like, at the end of the day, it's basketball. It, we're not talking about playing the game. We're talking about coaching the game. They're two different skill sets. And surely being a player has its advantage when you're talking about dealing with players. But you know, when you start from the bottom and you work your way to the top, that's valid as well because you're trying to become a professional coach. You're not trying to become a professional player. Is this about pace here? What are they doing defensively? Yeah, I would say they're trying to slow them down. They're trying anything to let, let's get to halftime and try to cut into this lead. Now, a good way to do that is get to the foul line. That's a 1.5 points per possession in college. And that's a way to get back in. So good. I mean, he's just playing at a, at a high level. Transfer from Arizona was a great high school player. This kid's playing with a ton of confidence. I mean, he's really one of the best players in the league. Lions got their hand full today, John. And Parcell just said, hey, Coach, you can take those analytics. And I'm, I'm, like, yeah, I'm doing what I do. Well, Eli Scott sees that double coming in, so he gives it up to Cody Pugh. Off target, Loner's got it. I thought it was very humid of Mark Pope, who, who is a fiery man who loves the game and has a passion for his team. You had asked him, Steve, about his late shot clock offense, and he talked about some of the merits of how they arrive at such high efficiency. But then he admitted sometimes it's just Barcelo hitting a crazy shot and bails us out. Yeah, yeah. No, no question. Yeah, end of the shot clock. If you got a guy, you look at great teams that score at the end of the shot clocks, and I don't know if Coach will agree with this, is that they usually have a big-time guard. Because usually at the end of the shot clock, they're going to set a ball screen, and that guy's got to make a play. He's got to get fouled, he's got to get himself a shot, or he's got to get someone else a shot. No question. I would totally agree at every level of basketball, Chris. Coach, I was not one of those players. I just jet Roley let me just jack threes. That's what I did. I was before my time, Coach. Before my time. So three kills today, which is three consecutive defensive stops. Is this a term or something equivalent that you use? We use a term called bricks. We like to get seven bricks. Both programs actually use this same terminology. 
and they really are successful if they can get six or seven more bricks a game. I mentioned in the opening, John, about this is good for, you know, for families, for AAU coaches, for stakeholders, so they can see this is how the game is dissected. This is how playing time is doled out. This is how we decide who gets to shoot the ball or not. It's not just, hey, the favorites, or I don't like you, or I like this guy more. It's data-driven. And I, I think something that most probably don't readily recognize is that there is a big defensive component. I know, Steve, for you, that was part of your arrival at diving into analytics was more on the defensive end. It was, John. After my experience at Boston College, I thought I just had to get better. And I figured the numbers would lead me to the answers. And essentially, that's how we arrived at our defensive philosophy at Penn. Just one little thing about the, the, the kid Jackson just there. Uh, just took a, uh, excuse me, Jalen Anderson. He makes a dribble three early. The next two ball screens, they chase him over the top and you make him take two hard twos. That's that's analytics. That's what they talked about, I'm sure, in the huddle. Handed out for Harding. There you see the point per possession number. Just dwarfed, and, and that's math, right? That's why it's 43 to 19. And I'm sure your eyes are telling you that for sure, but like now we're putting numbers to it. No, there's no, no mistake about it. A great rotation there with Trevor Nell. You're talking about, we're talking about all the offensive analytics. There's some things that, show, that don't show up on the defensive end. That was a tremendous rotation there. That's just good coaching. Loner inside. Off. And it feels like some of that fuel throwing a little lighter with BYU. Savvy attempt there by Scott, unable to get the foul. And you can feel his frustration. He's one of seven shooting today. Baseline, Jay rattles down. If you're LMU right now, you're just trying to, as Coach said, you're trying to get to halftime, make some adjustments. BYU came out on fire. They're playing for something huge right now. You know, you said, John, a single seed in the NCAA tournament. They're playing like, you know, they have nothing to lose, and that's a dangerous situation when you have a team as talented as these guys with so many different weapons. BYU has blown out its road competition. It's won its last two road games by 73 total points, and it's on its way to another massacre against a Loyola Marymount team that's down some bodies and playing up in the unbalanced schedule this year. They changed the schedule for Loyola Marymount. They're facing the top three teams in the league back to back to back to close the regular season. To me, those last two possessions were really ineffective. They, they both teams forced the other one into long twos off the dribble. I, I just think it looks like LMU was gassed from the other night with San Francisco and showing more on the offensive end than the defense. Yeah, fatigue can blur numbers to some extent, right? Uh, no that's question about it. That's why you talk about pace of play, Coach, right? You know, maybe they slow it down, but... Coach, I'll be honest with you, pace of play or tired or not, they're playing against a very good team, a very good defensive team that has size and their strategy is on point. Chris, analytics are important, but so it may be more important is talent and then team chemistry. You make those three up, I think that's why BU, BYU is a great team. Out of bounds. You can feel that frustration for Lazar Nekic and Loyola Marymount. You can also feel the boil for BYU. A Cougars team loaded with talent having its way on the road.
There's a couple of things I want you to pay attention to. With breakdowns, big names, and tips to better your game. This is fantastic. Here we go. Course record with Michael Breed is on par for primetime. Monday on CBS Sports Network. Looks good, guys. Success. It's often right place, right time. Fiverr gets that. From graphic design to web development. We're even a PR expert for things like, I don't know, booking a press conference. Fiverr has the freelancers to get you where you want to be. Is this a lobby? This is not a hotel. Hi, baby. That thing you're tasting, it's called skin. It's kind of weird. It's stretchy and sensitive and so delicate. And with your dad here, we'll help keep it clean and healthy. We're Huggies, by the way. Hi. We got you, baby. Still not edible. You're probably wondering, what makes these chips taste so good? Here's a hint. Tostitos, get to the good stuff. BYU in cruise control over LMU. So good shot, okay shot, bad shot. How do you break it down? Coach Donahue, for you, it's a 95% rule. Explain that. Well, it works two ways, uh, John. 95% of our shots want to be at the rim and stand still in rhythm threes. That's what our goal is. Also, when you drive to the basket, I want you to have 95% certainty you're going to get fouled or make it. If not, then we have things in place to make this more effective. You know, keep the dribble, find an open shooter. Let's break down some of the shots here today. BYU versus LMU, what stands out? Well, it's interesting. I, I think both teams have done a really good job of, of shooting the shots they want. Unfortunately, BYU just is a killer around the rim. Look at all them. And the size of BYU is bothering LMU. There's just no way to get around. They have all those X's right near the rim. Just can't make them over their bigs. You know, last year, BYU was thought to be a dark horse team that could make some noise, maybe make a run in the tournament. This year's team probably doesn't have quite the same shooting, but feels like it might be a touch more complete. What's your feel? I'll tell you what my feel is. I think they're better than last year. Hmm. I think by this point, they've they've come along with it, with the size of harms and what they bring on the defensive end. Now, you say they don't shoot threes. They made 17 last, last game. Coming up, AT&T at the half, Brent Stover, Ryan Hollins, Ryan Gomes, John Rothstein standing by. They'll get you caught up on the latest news and highlights. We'll look back at the analytical approach the WCC, the league, is taking to their tournament seating. Head your way on AT&T at the half. And so BYU with Harding subbing back in. Let's take a look at shot quality. Now these are how you value a shot. How do, how do you use these numbers? Well, they're, they're just rated in terms of how good a shot you get. So we'll do this in practice and in games and just value each one. Get a layup or dunk, it's five. Catch and shoot three, four, and so forth. You want to stay away from the mid range and off the dribble as much as possible. So you value the layup or dunk more just because of how highly effective it is? Listen, you win in college basketball. As much as a three is valued, 
the teams that make a high percentage of twos and guard against high percentage twos, those are the teams that win. As much as you feel the game changing, it's the same. Be effective around the basket. And to that extent, Chris, you know, you were in the SEC for a bit. Kentucky, I feel like, is a team that annually, now this year's an outlier, but there have been many years that the Wildcats have not been super deep in outside shooters, but their best teams, the core Final Four run of the Coach Cal era, has had elite bigs that finish. Yeah, you're right, and that's probably what the problem is now, because they've, they've had some guys that have been high draft picks that are playing uh, in the league with three letters right now, and the reason why they've been able to dominate, to Coach's point, when I mean, you can score close to the rim, you're right, three-point shooting, I think three-point shooting can be taken away very easily. Now, you you can double guys in the post, but there's so many ways to devise plays. But at the end of the day, a guy who can score close to the basket with a rare moves and also get fouled is huge. And there's an offensive foul on Barcelo. You speak about getting fouled. So Anderson here draws the charge. It felt like that was something, Steve, when we were speaking with the coaches, you had asked a question about the European game and what do they take from there. And they thought that we had come fairly even with the European game, but that one of the first times they heard about fouls drawn was during a trip to Europe that they started to incorporate states on. No doubt. In a box score in Europe, you have a, a two lines, fouls taken and fouls committed. So you get fouled, that's valued. We don't even look at that right now in the box score. That's a big piece. In particular, both these programs do a good job of getting fouled. And one thing about the box score, I might add, just a little bit what Coach says, like, whatever whatever's on that box score, you need to emphasize it. So when you put that on the box score, kids will start to emphasize that. Here you see another piece that's specific to this year's game. How about that in-game coaching by Mark Polk in a largely barren gym? Probably can't do that in a non-pandemic era. Has it cut the finish? Cody Pugh puts it in. Final heave will not splash down. They're going to wipe off the remaining time. 47-25 at the break. Your takeaway. I mean, just all BYU to start it. That's why they're one of the best teams in this league. And what I want to say one of the best teams in the country as well. Totally great. Alex Barcelo and company. They were all smiles. The frown. They'll try to turn it upside down. Stan Johnson and company getting blown out at halftime. We'll break it down. AT&T at the half is next. In Samoan, they call it ma'ilifatu, or sickness of the heart. The cause of rheumatic heart disease is untreated strep throat. If we find these children soon enough, we can give them the treatment they need to live long and healthy lives. It's not an overstatement to say that lives are being saved. Our students come home and they know what I'm learning in the classroom matters. What is our way? Our way is unrelenting. Imposing as the mountaintops to our east, strong as the ocean to our west. Our way is forward, challenged by past achievement, expecting future success. Our way is committed, devoted, passionate. Our way fuels us to be different, to be inspired, to have faith in each other. What is our way? Our way is West. You really want new glasses, but don't want to leave home. Go to LingoEyewear.com. You'll find tons of unique styles and helpful tools like virtual try-on. You can even get five frames sent to you for free. Try them on and let friends and family help you pick. 
Order your faves and get free premium lenses, shipping, and returns. It's easy. Get your free in-home try-on at LingoEyewear.com. That's Lingo with two eyes. The most delightful way to buy glasses. Ready or not, here it comes. The Bissell SpinWave Wet and Dry Robotic Vacuum. One ingenious robot that conveniently vacuums and actively mops. In dry mode, it picks up fine messes, tirelessly dusting your home's nooks and crannies. Or set it on wet mode to let the spinning mop pads and specialized formula wash your floors. So you can find the time for something much more fun. Whatever stage of pet parenthood you're in, Bissell helps you live in the moment, not the mess. A logo can do more than identify your company. It can connect in meaningful ways, energize your team, and inspire your customers. We're for Imprint, and we know your logo on the right product can create moments that matter. With 30 years of experience and thousands of products to choose from, we guarantee your order will be right the first time, on time, and for a great price. Be certain that the right moments will matter. Explore thousands of promotional products at 4imprint.com. 4imprint, for certain. CBS Sports presents AT&T at the half. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. Hey there, welcome in alongside Ryan Combs and our insider John Rostein at Brent yeah. Stover. And joining us from his home on the West Coast, Ryan Hollins. Lots of analytics in the first half of this Beyond the Box Score broadcast. Ryan, what stood out for you in the first half? Guys, BYU has been taking care of business. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, is that Bill Walton or Matt Harms down low? Listen, this, the, the, the young big fella's been taking care of business. Throwing it up to him. You see him going up high and hard for the finish. Nice roll. Gets his hands up. Catch it high. Keep it high. Textbook. Big man basketball. Listen. The one thing you love about BYU is they respect the big fellas down low. They drop it into the post. And might I add, when I played with Ryan Gomes, he was one of the finest post-speed passes that I had ever played with. Gomes, Mark Pope would love you, Gomesy. <laughs> Outstanding. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if we're getting analysis or comic relief with Ryan Hollins because I'm looking forward to his first show at the Comedy Cellar downtown. <laughs> Meanwhile, you look at this BYU team, though, and I think it's fair to say as we forecast them for the NCAA tournament, this is a team that looks like it's destined to play in an 8-9 game and could beat a team from a power conference in the round of 64. 47-25 at the break. Harms leads the way with 12. Let's catch you up on some highlights. We started the Big 12 as Kansas looked to sweep the season series against Texas Tech after the Jayhawks won by a point back in December. Pick it up, John, in the second half with KU up by 9. Yeah, in control the entire game. Brent DeWan Harris the lob to Ochai Agbaji with the finish. Six-point game. Jalen Wilson to Marcus Garrett. Garrett going to create space and finish. Always good to see people flourishing in their 12th year of college <laughs> basketball. Then Christian Brown out to Ogbaji with the three-point shot. Candace in control at the fog. Well, right now they're up by six, less than a minute to play. Stay in the Big 12 for West Virginia and yeah, Texas. And midway through the first half, we got Greg Brown missing three, but Jericho Sims says keep it high and I'll finish it low with the big slam. And then we got the advance pass, but then Miles McBride gets the offensive rebound, finds Taz Sherman for three. Texas up 10. Yeah, at halftime there. The Big East shot for UConn and number 10, Villanova. Yeah, Jeremiah Robinson Earl with a big day, showing his versatility there. He had a double-double in this one, 17 and 11. A nice game for James Booknight, a better game for Villanova in the second half. The Fortune 500 company stays afloat. 68-60, and then Kentucky and Tennessee earlier on CBS. Jacob Tobin says, throw it up high, and I'll get it from out of bounds. But then we got Kentucky. Isaiah Jackson drives it baseline, 
with the reverse one-hand slam, part of a 16-point team-high performance. Kentucky wins versus a ranked team. By 15, of these other four scores, John, what stands out for you? Michigan State drops Indiana to 12-10. and 10. The Hoosiers with four games left, Brent, and one of them is at home. The one home game is Michigan, the other three on the road. Bloomington, Indiana, grab your nitroglycerin pills. All right, coming up after the break, it's back out for more of AT&T 5G at the half from California. Caleb Lohner has 10 so far, 47-25 BYU. Hi, baby. That thing you're tasting, it's called skin. It's kind of weird. It's stretchy and sensitive and so delicate. And with your dad here, we'll help keep it clean and healthy. We're Huggies, by the way. Hi, we got you, baby. Still not edible. You like off-roading in nature, but you don't like getting stuck in nature. That's a conundrum. Psych! These tires have mud scooping and rock crawling technology. Go with the Coopers. Cooper! I haven't said psych in a while. I'm a Verizon engineer, part of the team that built 5G right. The only one from America's most reliable network. We designed our 5G to make the things you do every day better. With 5G nationwide, millions of people can now work, listen, and stream in Verizon 5G quality. And in parts of many cities where people can use massive capacity, we have ultra-wideband, the fastest 5G in the world. This is the 5G that's built for you. This is 5G built right, only from Verizon. Five Hour Energy helps you get stuff done. And now, when you purchase Five Hour Energy, you can instantly win cash prizes. For complete rules on how to enter, visit 5hewin.com. Five Hour Energy, the official sponsor of getting stuff done. legendary teams in NCAA history. A team that forged one of the most memorable March Madness runs of all time. Oklahoma is going to take his first free throw left-handed in honor of his friend Hank Gavin. From legends come great legacies. Beyond the box score, BYU rolling at Loyola Marymount, 47 to 25, your margin. John Sadak, the former Texas Tech head man, Chris Walker, joining us, the current Penn head coach, and Steve Donahue. So the West Coast Conference is at the fore of incorporating numbers into its outright standings. The seeding for the West Coast Conference tournament is going to be determined by adjusted winning percentage, AWP, created in partnership with Ken Palm, Ken Pomeroy, but not his outright rankings. And that leads to a little bit of confusion. It's not including margin of victory. 
victory. It's not including offensive or defensive efficiency. I know, Steve, you had a chance to speak to some folks about this. What did you learn? Well, first thing, you can't game the system. I thought if you maybe beat somebody by 30 or 40, it counts. It doesn't. I don't necessarily know exactly how it works now, but look at St. Mary's has two victories. They jumped ahead of teams with more wins. Um, I, it's, I like the sound of it. I just don't know how the coaches all feel about it in that league. Yeah, that's something Mark Pope had spoken about. Why not use some version of the net rankings instead of Ken Palm rankings? This was decided by the presidents of the schools trying to take bias out of it, look at numbers, and part of the thought process is it was an unbalanced schedule. It was going to be that way as it was, and then, of course, in the pandemic era, games are lost, postponed, unable to be made up. The schedule has been adjusted over the sprint of the last week. So if the West Coast Conference Tournament were held today, the seedings would be impacted by those rankings. This is how it stands. I'll ask both of you this. Should one seed Gonzaga, two seed BYU, even play in the West Coast Conference Tournament? The head coaches have been asked about it, and Mark Pope was a little evasive in his answer. I'll defer to coach. Well, I'll tell you right now, I think they should. I think it's for the right of the, all the other teams in the league. And more importantly, it may take a bit away from someone like Drake or Loyola Chicago who doesn't win the Missouri Valley because are you going to give the automatic qualifier to a team from this league that doesn't include Gonzaga and BYU in their tournament? I don't think it's right. And Mark Pope had said unprecedented times. I don't know if status quo is the answer. Follow-up question specifically asked, is your team going? And he said, I'm focused on my next game. I also wonder... Does the NCAA selection committee factor that in? If you duck out on a conference tournament, could that injure your seating just as much as a loss there? It could injure your seating, although I don't think it'll affect Gonzaga. But if you're if you're BYU and you're a single seed right now and you win, I believe you're in. And I will say I may disagree with Coach a little bit. I would probably jump out of the tournament. And unfortunately, Drake or someone may be hurt by it. But contact tracing, COVID, you can't risk. You cannot risk it. It is different times, and this is a different broadcast. We'll have more Beyond the Box Score in just a bit. Thank you for watching AT&T at the Hat. We were going to stuff Reese's Cups with feathers, and then we were like, wait a minute, pretzels. Yeah, pretzels would be way better. Reese's, now stuffed with pretzels. This has got the steak and the sizzle. The tots on this are just crispy and they're flavorful. This will oh. keep you out of my tots. Sonic Extra Long Ultimate Cheese Steaks. Yeah, this might keep me out of your... Help. Seriously, I'm too young for hair loss. My hairline keeps creeping back. Receding? I've got this bald spot. Oh, it's thinning everywhere. Gonna have to give up and shave it your real hair back permanently. Don't ignore the signs of hair loss. Bosley is giving away an absolutely free information kit that reveals all the signs and a free gift card to any guy who texts DARE to 234-234. Bosley will show you for free how great your hair could look. 
Using the latest technology, Bosley's solution to hair loss is permanent and protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Plus, since Bosley has new non-surgical options, you owe it to yourself to text now for an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. No matter what level of hair loss you have, text DARE to 234-234. That's D-A-R-E to 234-234. At Fingerhut, we don't define you by your credit score. We celebrate you being you. So we offer low monthly payments on the stuff you need, things you love, and brands you trust. As you build your credit history with a Fingerhut credit account. If you're looking for the latest electronics, kitchen essentials, clothes, toys, and more, you'll find it all at Fingerhut. You do you, and we'll help build your credit at Fingerhut.com. Fingerhut credit accounts are issued by WebBank member at DIC. Beyond the box score, 47-25 BYU thoroughly out in front of LMU. Let's take a look at the four factors and how they shaped up in the first half. What do we glean from this? Well, I, I think the first thing is the rebounding's even, but the turnover mark is just incredible. Uh, just not going to win many games to turn it over 24% of your possessions. And I'll just say this, free throws, free throw attempts, that's huge. Effective field goal uh, percentages. We talked about if you get one point to 1.5, you're probably going to win 90% of your games. And a big factor is Eli Scott, the leading scorer, rebounder, dime man. He does everything for Loyola Marymount. He had his struggles. He certainly did. I think the size just that Brigham Young brings to it, they thought they could do this to him. It's very difficult for Eli to get any kind of opening. And when he really started uh, going on him, they, tra they trapped it. Uh, very difficult for him to score around the rim. That's a credit to BYU as much as it's hard for him. And there's your possessions uh, that he got. But those guys all guarded Scott. Pretty impressive they throw that many guys at him. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sure Stan Johnson's t trying to find some different ways. I don't think posting him up against those trees. What you really need is Eli Scott to make a couple threes to pull those guys out a little bit. So now, if you spread the floor a little bit, he can drive on some of those bigs and make some plays and get some other guys involved. And one of the major factors, and Steve, you talked about this while we were away, the fatigue factor for LMU. Three games in five days' time, playing a second straight game with a very thin team. It was six scholarship players a couple of nights ago, just seven available today. Their best outside shooter is not there, and that guy, Matt Harms, has had his way in every way, defensively altering shots, rejecting shots, and cutting to the basket in the pick-and-roll game. Yeah, analytics are important, but fatigue like this is just as important if not and that's a struggle for LMU coming off such short rest so speaking of that can you metrically evaluate fatigue is there a way to look at minutes played and see a, a junction point where there's a drop-off in efficiency and kind of massage your rotation based on that? I, I think you got to be careful in college they definitely do it in the NBA and we do it based on what we do after about 20 games and then we start seeing that you know this guy after 20 diminishing results for sure. There's a big three ball. LMU need 
grabs that, and Ivan Olimpiev knocks down his second three-pointer of the game. He's got six points. Again, just talking about what it takes to win this game. Olimpiev with a nice three. That's that ball screen action coach was talking about again. You know, I, I'm giving, I'm criticizing coaches about not being able to guard it, but that handoff, that DHO they call it, a dribble handoff, when Barcelo comes off in a roll, it is very difficult to guard because he's coming off with his right hand, and you got a 73 guy at the rim. And it's his left hand, and then the side is empty, so you can't get help from the, uh, from behind. I don't know what the answer is. I think you've really got to, as you said, maybe trafication. Tested long two is true. One of the silver linings for LMU has been Jalen Anderson. He's had a solid day today, but you look at what Harms has done and buckets around the rim, and it also feels, guys, like LMU has to play a little softer with significant foul trouble spilling over. And then they're playing against this ball screen motion. You know, you might want to utilize a little zone. I know Coach Stan Johnson's a, a tough man-to-man -man defensive guy and they got to stop there but to give them some rest maybe create some situations where they take some long threes and they can get out in transition touch inside spin kiss miss matias marcus who's normally ultra efficient a 61 percent shooter oh Marcelo, he is sweet that's what he does. He does things differently every time. He's such a hard guard. That's not an easy shot, but he's so good at finishing that shot. Yeah, really good at angles. You know, plays really hard. He's always a threat all the time. Around look. A little short. That oftentimes comes as fatigue ripples. And you can just almost see huffing and puffing in the early stage here of the second half. Definitely see it in Scott. He looks a bit winded. Let's see if uh, at the end of the shot clock here. Let's see if LMU switches these ball screens. Loner five to shoot. Recognizes Averett running out of time. And the shot turnover first before the shot clock violation. Coach Donahue, that's that shot that you're talking about, right? That they don't like him taking? Yeah, end of the clock there. So here we go. Here's the first chance for a kill for LMU right now. This third possession. It'll be the first time that they stop him. They stop him three times in a row. BYU shuttles us up to the bench. Harward ready to come in. Marcelo stepping back. Long two is true. Just that same action coach coming off on that empty side. It's just hard to guard it. You got to make a decision because I'm telling all game long, they're going to keep running it until you stop it. There's their numbers, 93rd percentile with a short shot clock. And you would ask Mark Pope, how do they execute that? What stood out to you? <laughs> well, basically, he's really honest. He said, I have a kid named Alex Marcello who's going to lead at the end of the clock and can make hard shots. And one other piece that he added was talking about the the perhaps awareness and lack thereof symbiotically of time because there's such an emphasis on moving the ball. It's a good point. They go three side, four side. Sometimes the kids get lost in it. They don't even know it's the end of the clock. 55-32. A little wink of the score. A high five and a job well done. Oh my easy mountain oh my Truth is It's a cold Fast Crazy world out there oh
tune. If you know the right places to go. You've been on my mind. Right now, get 0% financing for 72 months on select 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee models. Looks good, guys. Success. It's often right place, right time. Fiverr gets that. From graphic design to web development. We're even a PR expert for things like, I don't know, booking a press conference. Fiverr has the freelancers to get you where you want to be. Is this a lobby? This is not a hotel. We made USAA insurance for members like Martin, an Air Force veteran made of doing what's right, not what's easy. So when a hailstorm hit, USAA reached out before he could even inspect the damage. That's how you do it right. USAA insurance is made just the way Martin's family needs it. With hassle-free claims, he got paid before his neighbor even got started. Because doing right by our members, that's what's right. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. I recently took a road trip to Greensville to attend the chili cook-off. Rough roads all the way down. I drove there on these Cooper Discoverer and Duramax tires. Without them, we might never know the winning bean-to-meat ratio of a good chili. So go with the Coopers. Cooper! Tostitos Avocado Salsa. We put all of this in here. So you can put it on, well, just about anything. Tostitos Avocado Salsa. Get to the good stuff. Comfort level for the Cougars is high, not only with the score on the board, but also with this set of five on the floor. This has been the most productive lineup, a combined plus 12 and plus minus. And look at the efficiency. Not only is it plus minus, but you're 10 of 16. I think the thing that makes BYU so dangerous is they have a lot of efficient lineups, and they go 10 deep. And it's really affected uh, LMU today. Coach, that's usually a sign of a good team, right? <laughs> Very not rocket science sometimes, is it? You saw Alex Barcelo there. He's been a matchup concern. That's something you guys were talking about during the break and the adjustment that hasn't yet been made. And, and each of you kind of wondering what adjustment can be made. Well, yeah, I'm sorry, Chris. Listen, it's difficult when that empty side ball score they're doing because the arms are so big they can go over the top. And Barcelo is so dynamic he gets to the rim. But they haven't figured it out. Chris and I were just thinking of things they could possibly try. Yeah, just really tough to, to guard him. It's happening so fast. They're moving the ball from one side of the floor to the other. And that two-man ga two game, as Coach said, that empty side, when he comes off with his right hand, he is super. Look at that. He is just unbelievable on the court. This guy is dangerous. Leaving Arizona, this has been a dream come true for him to play for the Cougars. And also for Coach Pope because he makes his job a whole lot easier. And last foul, the fourth to Lea Pepe. Every pass. Banker. And the one that jumps out to me is I think of Barcelo and the first thing I think of is his shooting They're actually a slightly better outside shooting team without him on the floor, but so much better in everything else I think that's why they're good like he's a good shooter But he does some other things that the other guys don't do so maybe when they bring shooters in it's actually when he subs out They do have more shooting on the floor and There you see he's in the 98th percentile in catch and shoot over one and a half points per possession. If you think point per possession, what's a tenth of a point per possession difference? Well, depending upon how many possessions you have in a game, it's it's a lot. It adds up in the aggregate. Tuesday, 8 Eastern, a big East showdown, 10th round.
Frank Villanova. Chris is all about her. Looks for redemption. They'll take on St. John's at the Pavilion. Catch all the action right here on CBS Sports Network. And I, I know, Steve, for you, it's a you know big five battle a little bit there. You know, Penn and Nova. Don't want to pain you. There's, there's what Villanova has done in terms of efficiency. Yeah, they're unbelievable. And, and Coach knows a lot more. I've worked there, worked with Jay, played there. But Coach has actually played them and beat them, Coach. Were they number one when you guys beat them, Coach? They were not number one. They were not number one. But you're, all the things you're saying, they're just very efficient. They get the ball in the paint. They get standstill shots. And if you take that away, they get to the rim. They make the game very simple and effective. We're number one when Stan Johnson was the top assistant at Marquette, and they knocked off Illinois. And he said that win, led by Marcus Howard, who he shepherded over from Arizona State to Marquette and recruited as just a 17-year-old as the youngest man in college basketball, that part of that win came from the versatility of Howard, who was dismissed by many on the national recruiting landscape as a pure shooter. And he said, no, he's more than that, kind of hearkening to what we were breaking down with Barcelo's game. Yeah, this kid, he was absolutely phenomenal. You're talking about one of the best scorers in one of the best leagues in the history of college basketball and that's a big time recruit and he was small too Johnny wasn't you know, a, a big guy and at the end of the day he just the game evolved to help him and it really did a good job and, and they were really really good when he was there so I'm sure right now they're struggling a little bit they'd love to have a guy like him first bucket for Marcus and yeah, coach Johnson had said I believe can't stop it he would be the all-time leading scorer in Arizona State had he gone there. He said, I did not know or anticipate he'd be the all-time leading scorer in Big East history when he went to Marquette. And yet, that decisive win, one of many that they had as Harms alters yet another shot. You believe Steve was superseded. Oh, my goodness, Loner just off. A follow. Loop at corner, and they'll try to reset. You think they did even better when they came back to beat San Francisco two nights ago? Well, I thought that win, with, with the loss of the, the two scholarship players, the best shooters, playing a really good San Francisco team, was a remarkable win. It really was. Um, I give them so much credit. Unfortunately, I think there is fatigue hanging from that game. Hey, Coach, talk about what they can do to guard this. See that two-man game? All right, so here's one thing you see in Europe if we had that. They run the guy who's in the help, the next guy in help on the nail. They just run him at him and make sure the big doesn't get behind. And that's your only way, maybe, to stop Marcel from going downhill. By the way, can you explain uh, the nail, something that's used often in college basketball, literally where a nail historically is in the floor, right at the free throw line extended? Excuse me, excuse me. What? What year is it, please? It's a 79, D. Run for your life! Thank you. Oh, sorry. Oh, I just remembered. Pompeii was destroyed in 79 AD, by the way. What was the volcano called? Volcano. <laughs> like, so what volcano destroyed Pompeii? Mount Vesuvius. Mount Vesuvius. For real. Hi, baby. That thing you're tasting, it's called skin. It's kind of weird. It's stretchy and sensitive and so delicate. And with your dad here, we'll help keep it clean and healthy. We're Huggies, by the way. Hi, we got you, baby. Still not edible. We were going to stuff Reese's cups with feathers, and then we were like, wait a minute, pretzels. Yeah, pretzels would be way better. Reese's, now stuffed with pretzels.
5-Hour Energy helps you get stuff done. And now, when you purchase 5-Hour Energy, you can instantly win cash prizes. For complete rules and how to enter, visit 5hewin.com. 5-Hour Energy, the official sponsor of getting stuff done. Oh, this is a mouth-watering Marco's pizza. And this is a new build-your-own pizza bowl with no crust and up to four toppings for $7.99. Oh, yeah, that looks good. Marco's, pizza lovers get it. Welcome on back. While we were away, our officials reviewed the last foul and basket, and it was determined the foul occurred before the shot. So take away the and one make. Alex Barcelo is getting the explanation. Take those two points off the board, 59-36. Three fouls, though, to Dorch. See if Barcelo tries to get that bucket back. Yeah, let's just look at that same action. I, I don't see them trying to do anything different, particularly if it gets to the end of the shot clock. Arms. Oh, nice. Nice move. And one. That's four fouls on Marcuson. Got him going to the bench. Crab dribble. Just lured him in. He was definitely going back to his dominant hand. Marcuson doing everything he can, but you can see the little semicircle. He got to the restricted. That was absolutely zero he could do with a 7-3 guy that's skilled like that. You know, the analytics said he's not as good from that block, but the kid knew he got a one-on-one and took advantage of it. I loved how you guys asked Matt Harms, when you finish a game, do you grab a stat sheet? What do you look at? Good anticipation by Lohner. Given the one-on-one. Rejected. Foul. Physical right at the rim. And Harms said, I don't look at a box score. I know my numbers. He is that aware of what's happening. Some kids are like that. This kid here is a ridiculous athlete. I got to throw him some, some love from the Lone Star like myself from Dallas. Trying to get up and put him in a poster. Scott says, I don't think so. Ref called a foul. Missed a dunk earlier, too, but he's explosive. The kid's got a very bright future in Provo. Yeah, Mark Pope had said of Loner, who had a career high 19 and 9 Thursday at Pacific, the whole country is going to get to know him. We've been anticipating he would make a jump near the end of the season, and he's doing that. At times, quite literally today. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, John. Coach, what are you doing? Check that out. 12.45 to go. You're in this situation, and you're talking to your team. Like, What's the message right now? Well, the message is we got to try to figure out for the next four minutes to play best basketball we can possibly play. They're, on a, they're, they're playing very well this year. Don't lose sight of it. Don't get caught up in this, this uh, storm that you're getting hit with right now. Figure out how to be effective over the next four minutes, and then we'll go from there. Uh, looked like Scott inadvertently that right hand yeah. got a piece right in the face of Trevin Nell who he dropped a career high 15 Thursday hit four threes in that game he's been coming on in a big way for BYU I'm just, just super impressed Nell's a tough kid just super impressed with the way uh, the attention to detail and the energy uh, and competitiveness that BYU has come to play with today and John they're playing for a single seat and I know we're talking about the NCAA tournament and and and, and all those things but at the end of the day uh, they are very a good ball team and that's one of the reasons I think they're better than last year both those young kids are coming along right now 
and really effective. And they're not really on the front of your scouting report. And they can hurt you like they did the other night. Well, they took another look to see if a flagrant was warranted. It looked like it got him in the eye there. What was your takeaway, fellas? Yeah definitely, yeah, definitely was inverted. But as you said, John, doesn't matter if it's inverted, right? No, uh, but I believe they've called it a common foul. Nell will get looked at. Nell had more time a couple of nights ago when George was in foul trouble. And this kind of loops into the depth factor that you guys have been on from jump about BYU. Those, what do you think about the pace and way Brigham Young runs with defense? The way they sprint to those ball screens. It's just really hard to guard him. Uh, I was just going to say, that was a three-sided. That's one they chart. And, and the percentage is like off the charts in terms of effectiveness. And they get a high-low at the end of it. It's a 7-0 run for BYU. LMU is down a lot of bodies. Several for the season, but a biggest note today, another turnover. Joe Quintana, the best outside shooter in the league, is out. A leg injury suffered when a player fell on him Tuesday. He was unavailable two nights ago against San Francisco, unavailable again today. Arms with a mismatch against Scott. He is smothered him defensively, now trying to post him up. Trying to go middle, get over that left hand. All day long. <laughs> that's his box, right, Coach? That's, uh, that's 1.6 almost, a possession on that right block. And, he, you know, he's showing it all now. He's doing both boxes. It really doesn't matter. Timeout, LMU. Take us through it. The big fella. That's his favorite spot. You let him get there, not many guys in the country can stop him. The southpaw. Nothing but net. Genesis G80, creating tomorrow, today. Your great-grandma used to tell Uncle Cooper the best stories, like Goldilocks and the Cooper tires. The Coopers are just right. Goldie's no sucker. What a lady. Go with the Coopers. Cooper! The new Detroit style from Pizza Hut. A golden crust with crispy, cheesy edges. That's 50% more cheese baked all the way to the edge. Okay, I'm hungry. Try the new Detroit style today. No one out pizzas the hut. I'm a Verizon engineer, part of the team that built 5G right. The only one from America's most reliable network. We designed our 5G to make the things you do every day better. With 5G nationwide, millions of people can now work, listen, and stream in Verizon 5G quality. And in parts of many cities where people can use massive capacity, we have ultra-wideband, the fastest 5G in the world. This is the 5G that's built for you. This is 5G built right, only from Verizon. BYU by 30, a game that's a bit of a throwback. The post-up is part of it, in part, because we have a rare matchup of two true seven-footers, each seven-foot-three. Matt Harms of BYU, Matias Markison of Loyola Marymount that have been battling at times today. 
Yeah, they really are. I mean, I think what's interesting for both of them probably because they never faced anybody their size. And it's been really hard for Marcus, and, to be honest with you. Horn probably doesn't play to Purdue, has seen elite size before. Uh, but you can see, obviously, he's got the best of them today. And Harms has often been matched up with Eli Scott, the tweener guard forward, who does everything for Loyola Marymount. They each get a breather here. You see the volume numbers on Harms. Dynamite. You know, you guys had asked him about what goals he sets for himself, and he said, well, rebounding is one. I want to get about eight. He's got 18 points, and he has been the big cougar in a blowout. Like I would go with the signature strawberry limeade, add in cranberry. It'll give you that kick like right there in the back. Sonic ultimate drink stop. This muscle right here. That might be a little tart for me. Beyond the box score, the passing game is critical to what BYU does. And it's a very similar number last year to this for their assist opportunities. What is that? Well, assist opportunities is ones that leads to a great shot. Don't look at the result. They did the process. We got yourself a, a really good look. It just didn't go in. So it rewards kids that do that. Following up on that, John, you're talking about a team that averages over 16 assists per game. You're talking about when you get talented players, a lot of the young players that are listening to this and parents as well, when you get talented players that pass, that pass to each other, coach, it's very difficult to beat them, right? No doubt. I mean, think about it. We can do all this you want, but if kids are unselfish and willing to space, cut and share the basketball, a lot harder to guard. And there's the one play we're talking about that's it's an empty side ball screen. They just haven't figured that out yet, but they're not the only ones that haven't figured it out. It's been hard for them, to, for Harms to be guarded on that ball screen all season. That's the fourth foul on Richard Harward, so he's got four. Gideon George has four for BYU. And, and, and I think when passing is talked about, many in today's basketball think of the whip 
on the perimeter passing, leading the threes. You know, you're thinking of Steph Curry draining and stepping back and backpedaling. But the truth is, both of these teams talked about it. Most teams we speak to, regardless of a beyond-the-box score broadcast, speak about paint touches and how those passes influence not even necessarily paint scoring, but all scoring and the balloon effect it has on offense. Yeah, I think the high efficiency, if you, if you really track that, if you can get a paint touch, your percentages, for us, as a, over my years, it's like 25 or 30% increase. That's why teams want to keep you out of the paint and, not, and make you settle. I remember BYU talking about how many non-paint twos can you get up. You know, because what happens when you get in the paint, yes, it's easier to score, but it's also foul trouble uh, it creates as well. Avery Red, I mean, he's just having a phenomenal season. Another one of Once my, again, my he Texas That's not a high efficient shot for him, but there you go. He's feeling it. They go under. He makes him pay on a dribble three. And he's one of the several transfers on this BYU team. And a transfer is a big part of all of college basketball. But how do numbers affect transfers? Certainly the arrival of harm seemed to be influenced some by the Sabre approach that BYU enjoys. Well, I did ask Coach Pope about this. Wow. Loner. Oh, my gosh. Big time player. So many weapons, so many weapons. But I asked him about Brandon, and he had a, a speak to him about being more efficient and showed him the numbers where he was inefficient. And the kid's been more effective since then. And to your point, numbers are, are what helps sell that message. And you mentioned before about transfers. Uh, I'd love to get coaches' thoughts about how do you determine uh, what kind of transfer you want to take is it good for your culture some guys play at a lower level they transfer up is that going to be good is that going to factor in or is it going to translate over some guys play at a high level and transfer down transfer down and think they're going to be the guy coach well i think we're going to find out a lot more about that chris with the no sit out there. about two thousand of them being in the portal <laughs> but your point is so well taken it's a fit and, and kids sometimes lose sight of that Lee P.M. is fit with his three-point shot, three for three from deep. He's got 11 to co-lead his team. But BYU just continues to surge. There's such rhythm and cadence to BYU. Averitt on high. That's a great shot. Harms. Cannon spin. Rip on the throw and dunk it home. Whistle. What did I do? But dunk it. BYU is a fun team to watch. They have fun playing. But here's the thing, John. They have a fun staff. Coach Pope is fun. He's one of the most energetic guys to talk to. Dan Johnson, too. He was he was amazing last night. You see the big fellow rolling to the rim. There's no one there because, again, negotiating that ball screen with Averett coming off. You know, you got to talk about ball screen coverages. And, Coach, I think LMU is a little bit tired no matter what the game plan is. They're just exhausted. They are. I feel bad for the kids because it's not their best team. They're, let's hope the kids get healthy and they can play in the tournament and really show their true selves. It's a hard shot. There's the shot that they force. That's the shot they want because of the length of the rim. Kids take the hard pull-up twos. Marcelo, top of the key, draining. That is his first made three, and they are demolishing LMU. In the last three games, they've scored over 80 points per game. And you don't they don't look like the most athletic team, but it's not about that. They have efficient players, right? Points per possession, they score the basketball, and they get up and transition, and they run the ball, and they make threes. They've been able to run, they've been able to make, 
sharing the basketball. Barcelo in rhythm. And BYU looking at a single-digit NCAA tournament scene. Hi, I'm a new customer and I want your best new smartphone deal. Well, I'm an existing customer and I'd like your best new smartphone deal. Do you? Actually, it's for both new and existing customers. <laughs> I feel silly. <laughs> but I do want the fastest 5G network. Oh, I want the fastest 5G network. Are we actually doing this again? It's not complicated. Only AT&T gives everyone the same great deal. Like the Samsung Galaxy S21 5G for free when you trade in. At touchofmodern.com, we always surprise, excite, inspire, because our expertly curated products are never ordinary, never mundane, and never in a million years what you'd expect to see or imagined you'd ever have. Here's to the thrill of discovering the next exceptional and unexpected product. Check it all out at touchofmodern.com. Drivers who fix their own cars just got a smarter tool to work with. The easy-to-use vehicle selector on CarParts.com. You'll get savings of up to 50% and find the right part at the right price fast. Get the right parts right now at CarParts.com. my kids are doing 75 43 BYU part of their success comes as they move the basketball what does this mean ball movement sides of the court and the numbers there well just so you know the zero to one side means you come down uh, one side to get it to the other that's one so they're, they're they're terrific today in that they've been great in everything but the ones that when they play teams that really guard them to get to three sides look how that number goes up and that's what Coach Pope talked about all week. That's, that's what they try to do. And it's something coaches have said forever, right? Reverse the ball, make the defense move. But now we're qualifying it and showing, yes, this works. You score a lot more points. He's on fire today. Made four threes at Portland. He's equal that today. But, again, you're talking about teaching kids the game and making them understand those guys that they watch in the NBA, they understand moving the basketball. They understand giving it to the best players, and it's just hard to make high school and college kids grasp that. And to that end, it seems like a lot of coaches incorporate video of NBA players yes. executing these moments to kind of hammer home, yes, this makes sense. The guys you look up to do this. Here's the shot chart today for BYU. Anything stand out, those X's and O's? You know, they're making everything is what stands out, even the long twos. They haven't, they, look how many shots they've taken at the foul line area. Typically, that shows ineffectiveness, but they're a unique team. They just make shots in different places. Nice move. There's one right at the top by Leia Pepe. Yeah, paint points, though, have been overwhelmingly owned by BYU today, 34 to 14. We had a great conversation, John, 
this twitch up talk and stand just I believe that this man is elite he's going to be one of those sought after coaches in the future he is building that program I worked at LMU as a matter of fact and there's been a lot of changes and he has this culture moving in the right direction this game isn't indicative as coach Donahue's head said of what they are uh, it's COVID right now. They're playing uh, three games in six days, but their culture is right on point. And when they get some guys healthy again, you see Coach Stan just jumping around. he got so much energy. He has infused what they call a new standard at LMU, and it's paying dividends. Couple of buckets back-to-back -back for Lea Pepe. Now trying to deny the cut. Oh, nice look up the grain of lane. Harms hit, foul. Who are they going to get here? It's either the fifth on Marcuson or Lea Pepe. Is this the Old Spice commercial? Which one is the one with Troy Pala? What's his name? Troy Palomalu? Yeah, because I'm, I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm not going to say a Steelers, a Steeler guy on the on the air. But no, he's, again, just a guy that can do every single thing. Dirty work guy. Very versatile. And uh, you need guys like that in the program. And I love, and this is another one that's hard to teach young players. He plays off the ball so well. He cuts, he defends off the ball, he rebounds, he does all the things. The hair index. <laughs> I loved how in their game notes, they have bullet points on every player. And they're, they're little, you know, quick snippets. And it's usually something about a trend or season-long uh, marks or where they are in career rankings. And the last nugget on Lea Pepe is simply one word, mullet. <laughs> <I saw> that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a brave young man right there. <laughs> he is tough. He is good. And even though this is a lopsided game, you can see and feel the competitiveness within him. Yeah, John, with the new NIL rule, he may get him a hair. He may get a hair commercial. Who knows? He may get a little endorsement as, as the leaks, as the rules are changing. So LMU, Cody Pugh getting a touch more time. Who's had a career plagued by injuries. Oh, nice hard look off the head fake and a foul on Harms. Even look what he did on this possession. He catches it at the top of the key. He drives and kicks. He reposts. He gets himself to the foul line. Like just little things that you don't recognize. And for his size, he does so many different things well. He's a very good free throw shooter. 80%. And misses on the first. College basketball continues. 5.30 Eastern. Big East battle. Seton Hall, Georgetown followed by a nightcap in the Mountain West. Number 25, San Diego State takes on Fresno State at 7.30 right here on CBS Sports Network. Now the top of the Mountain West has been a touch fluid. Boise State, which has seemed to be for most of the year the best team in that league, handed BYU one of its uh, few losses this year. They've had three losses in the league, two to Gonzaga, and a close call against a, a good Pepperdine team. Yeah, no doubt about it. That, that Boise State team came back. They were down the other night against Utah State. Leon Rice has done a tremendous job with that group. And you're talking about a league where you got Steve Alford at Nevada now. You know, you've got some really good teams, Colorado State, San Diego State, Dutcher. Like, they, that's a league that's that's been on par. But, John, I might have to add, as we're talking, seeing Stan Johnson here, who's had a ton of energy. Looks like he can still play, by the way. The WCC, you know, I love asking guys this question. Who can catch the? Who can catch Gonzaga? Who can get close? And I'm telling that you, these teams. the season, you mean like on a yes, long just on the, on, the, on the overhaul, who can just get and coach, you can answer this. Like, like, think about what they're doing in that conference to be number one in the country is amazing. 
it's unheard of. I, I don't have any answers for you. I just, it's amazing what Mark Few has done over the years, and it's taken it to another level this year. At BYU, it said leading into this game, there was talk about trying to double against Eli Scott on their arms again. And they said philosophically, we don't like to double, but the only opponent that they regularly do double is Gonzaga just because of personnel in the matchup. Yeah, they're just super talented. They score so many ways. Got a couple of pros on that team. Don Monson to Mark Few, especially, they have done a tremendous job in Spokane. Now, of course, BYU enters today with wins in three of its last four. The lone loss in that time was to the Zags by just 11 points. Well, that came on the eighth. Can BYU beat Gonzaga if both teams did play in the WCC tournament? Well, it's, it's hard to predict that, and, and that is, but if someone is set up in terms of what they have to match up, it's them. They got a big second guard, Timmy. Um, they, they compete with multiple uh, guys, and they score. You're going to have to score against them. You see Barcelo surrounded by Zags, along with Tommy Cousy, who went from uh, the best walk-on in America to the all-everything scholarship man for the Gales of St. Mary's. Then you see that these X-factor numbers, these are numbers that factor in anything that's on the box score, true shooting percentage, pace of play, uh, you know, strength of schedule, and that's showing that those are the best players in that league and you know I like to say that at some point uh, the system of rating players that it filters down to high school and we don't do rankings anymore and we do it based on what they've done and not bias coach that, that drives me crazy when they, when they rank players or even when they talk about the NBA let's talk about what you did from a retrodiction a retrodiction or historical standpoint and not just eyes well said Chris I totally agree step aside the eyes uh, they speak very well of BYU and the numbers beyond the box score beyond this game or the Cougars putting sudden snowfalls slick ice and freezing temperatures winter can be pretty unpredictable but the one thing you can predict is that the legendary capability of the Jeep Grand Cherokee the most awarded SUV ever can handle it all Jeep Grand Cherokee. There's only one. Right now, get 0% financing for 72 months on select 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee models. Who is USAA made for? It's made for this guy, a veteran who honorably served. And it's made for her. She's serving now. We made it for all branches and all ranks. Whether they served one tour or made a career of it. We also made USAA for military spouses and their kids. USAA is easy to work with and can save you money on auto, home, and renter's insurance. Become a member today. Call us for a quote. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. USAA. We stand here in defiance. We the makers. We the groundbreakers. What logic says we should look like, sound like, be like. Because to create the future, we must defy the logic of the past. We must defy logic.
5-Hour Energy helps you get stuff done. And now, when you purchase 5-Hour Energy, you can instantly win cash prizes. For complete rules on how to enter, visit 5hewin.com. 5-Hour Energy, the official sponsor of getting stuff done. We were going to stuff Reese's Cups with feathers, and then we were like, wait a minute, pretzels. Yeah, pretzels would be way better. Reese's, now stuffed with pretzels. Welcome back beyond the box score. BYU 84, Loyola Marymount 53, Alex Barcelo. 15 points today for the Cougars. Five boards and three dimes. Some of the numbers you're seeing today, courtesy of the Penn Sports Analytics Group. These are Ivy League students that shepherd in some of this great knowledge and do so for the Penn basketball team. Also added Penn baseball. Steve, you're the head coach at Penn. What kind of a help factor do these young men and women provide? Uh, this is an unbelievable part of our program. Uh, the leaders, uh, Zach, Jake, Matt, and Julie, have done it for four years as seniors. They're disappointed we didn't have a year, uh, but honestly, they're, they're the ones that really drive what we do analytically from practice to workouts and even recruiting. They've done really good projects for us in recruiting as well, and so thrilled to have them part of our program. Coach, I got one question. How much are you paying them? There's about 20 people there. Hey, Chris, can we, can we move on to a new subject here? <laughs> Don't give them any ideas, okay? There you see the high fives from LMU. You know, while we were at break, you guys were, were speaking with great deference and respect to Stan Johnson, the first-year head coach of Loyola Marymount, and the fire that he continues to coach with and these young men are playing with despite a lopsided scores is they're down some significant players. That's what I watch. I watch how coaches react when things aren't going well. And this is these are a perfect example of how to do it. Coming up next, join the Inside College Basketball crew. They'll talk all things hoops on the road to the Final Four right here on CBS Sports Network. Brent the gang standing by. Just to piggyback on that, what Coach Donahue was talking about. Talking about pouring into his players, why he got into coaching. Sure, he took him a long time to become a head coach, and everyone has their journey, and now he's got an opportunity. He's doing a tremendous job, and sometimes that journey is needed for some guys. Not saying that that's what he needed, because he should have been a head coach a long time ago, but he has certainly learned from some great teachers, and he's doing a tremendous job. Good sign. Trevin Hill is back on the floor. His speed, Harvard can't hit. You know, he had talked about his journey. You had asked him, was there a point where you questioned what you were doing and maybe thought about redefining your path? And he said, no, I felt the call to coaching. And yes, I wanted to be a head coach, but if I were never in that lead chair, I would have satisfaction because I'm helping and teaching young men. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just not many guys will say that. That's a, a lot of humility there. As you can see, Dorch get to the rim. Le, Le Pepe doing what he does best, being a dirty workout. But the one thing that I also um, I love about Stan is that he brought in two former head coaches, right? Two former head coaches, David Carter, Allen Edwards. And he said, hey, I'm not the, there's a problem if I'm the smartest guy in the room. There are not a lot of coaches in the country, I'm telling you, I've been around for a very long time, that would put themselves in that in that position, particularly a young coach. And I think that's how you learn. you got to, you got to be selfless in this business. Coach, I, and again, you've been a coach for a very long time. And sometimes I think leadership is something that's lost on head coaches because that's not some training that they get. And Unfortunately, a lot of guys lose their job not because they're 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 not good coaches because they don't know how to lead 
I think that's a great way of putting it, Chris. I'll, I'll say this. What jumped out at me about Stan was his humility. He's, he's done an incredible job. This program was not in good shape. And for doing what he's doing is amazing. And he handles himself with such class. Uh, I have great respect uh, getting to know him this week and watching what his team's done. Yeah, to put that in perspective, you know, the program had lost over 20 games last year. The program hadn't won five straight conference games since 91. They're going to fall short of that here today. You know how many times they won four straight conference games? Once since 1991. You have to go back to nearly, you know, the, the late great Hank Gathers, Bo Kimmel, Bo Kimmel. Paul Westhead era. you got to go back 30 years. Wow. Very, very long time. <laughs> and that speaks also to the top-tier talent in this league. Oh, you know, no the years question. when St. Mary's been good, Gonzaga's been good, and, and Gather's immortalized with his number up there. Also a statue outside the facility here, one of the all-time greats. Led the country in scoring and terribly, of course, for those unfamiliar, collapsed and later died after a WCC tournament game. And that team without him and with heavy hearts still went to the Elite Eight and lost to the eventual national champ in UNLV and here it is with a paint touch without a paint touch for this year's unit wow interesting I think that's I think is that today I believe I think that's today's uh yeah and is that because of the smothering of Scott the specific touches and how they've been handled yeah they can't get near the paint is what right. it showed that's a bit basically the, what you learn from that number you know, it's interesting when we talked about the NBA and how the NBA is less than 5% post-ups. Like, that really doesn't happen in the league. The floor is so spread. That's why you can see some kids in college, and you'll see these high draft picks from some of these high-level recruits. And you're like, he's playing on a bad team. Like, they're still going to draft him at a high level. The rules are different, right, Coach? The rules are different at the next level. So in college, it's perplexing to us. But in the NBA, they're looking for potential, and the game is much wide open. Yeah, it's it's almost a different game. I'm telling you, the way the game's played. We'll step aside as they talk it over in Huddle 205. T-Mobile is upgrading its network at a record pace. We were the first to bring 5G nationwide. And now that Sprint is a part of T-Mobile, we're turning up the speed. Upgrading over a thousand towers a month with ultra capacity 5G to bring speeds as fast as Wi-Fi to cities and towns across America. And we're adding more every week. Coverage and speed. Who says you can't have it all? Welcome out of back. Out of an LMU called timeout. BYU smothering the Lions. And one, the foul on Colby Lee. How deep is BYU? Well, he had the third best field goal percentage in program history a year ago. And he's been a little used today. He plays a little more than 10 minutes a game. He's a contributor on a team that's poised to turn 17-5 and five with a win today. Make it a win in 8 of 10. And you can hear some of the parking in the background. We heard it as we were away at break. That's uh, another piece of the emotion that spills out today. <laughs> but, John, that, that speaks to, and, I, and I'll let Coach, we just talked about it in the break, that speaks to the job that Mark Pope has done. Uh, a kid like Kobe Lee who had those numbers last year and is coming off the bench, but they just have so much talent. They're so versatile. He had started 28 games for Pope a year ago, who composed the best first season by a BYU head coach ever. He has so many strengths, one of his weaknesses, one that he readily shared with us. We didn't have to prompt him. He's an emotional man. Yes. There are times he needs to dial it back a little bit. 
Yeah, what, he, what he's done in two years at this program is phenomenal. It's one of the best coaching jobs in the country. Um, and, like, not that I like that he's doing this, but, like, it tells you what he's about. When he's going to play till 40 minutes, doesn't matter for winning or losing. Now that'll be technical foul. Pope, whose team last year ended top 20 in the country. They finished 18th in the AP poll. He's the first head coach in the history of the program to finish his debut season that highly ranked. And they were poised to make the tournament for the first time since 2015. Alex Barcelo spoke about the, the pain when the word came out. He had chose to keep playing with a broken wrist and delay surgery. He was in the film room as they were getting ready to break down for their next game. And unfortunately, the breakdown came emotionally when word came down there would be no tournament. That's really tough for those kids, and you got to feel for them. You know, Dayton, the amazing year they had with Obi Toppin and, and some of the other programs in the country. But at the end of the day, it, it just wasn't what it is, and a lot of people's lives uh, were affected. And this is it's just basketball, so we got to keep it in perspective. But gladly they get to play this year, and albeit there's been a, a ton of, po uh, I'm sorry, uh, pauses. Uh, we're still going to have the NCAA tournament, but coach, it still could get interesting. I, I don't know how how, how COVID's going to going to affect the NCAA tournament moving forward. Yeah, let's hope it's uh, we saw the worst of it, right? Uh, yeah. Everything going on. Uh, Harms with a game high, 21 points. He is seven of eight from the field. Uh, yes, a lot of shots closer, but. That one a little more challenging, and Scott and Loner getting into it a bit. Harms trying to intercede. Matt Harms has been the decided player of the game today. Look at that efficiency. How about that? I think that's a, for people to know, like, he basically takes a, a fifth of every shot that goes up, and look how effective he is in terms of that. And you said seven for eight. And, uh, he was terrific the whole day. The usage rate, the percentage of a team's plays that a player was involved in while on the floor, and that's if the, sh the play ends with a field goal attempt, a free throw attempt, or a turnover. And so basically it's just showing how critical is he to the offense, right? Yeah, 100%. And, and that's what people – I'm always huge on – you know, educating the, the, the fans, edu educating the viewers, educating players uh, or recruits about the, the intricacies of the game. If you want to play at this level, you have to understand. You have the, the most important thing is the check. I always say the check up of Maneka. You know, like you have to be able to think this game, Coach. If you want to play at a high level, don't just think those guys are just running around out there for Coach K or running around out there for Frank Vogel. That's not what's happening. Well, I, he, just look, just look at this. He he was a twenty percent usage rating. That's not high. Like he he's not getting the ball thirty-five percent of ends of possessions. But yet, look how effective he was. Well, that's that's how you become a really good basketball player and help your team win. So, Coach, let me ask you this. What numbers don't exist readily right now that you think could be created, could be looked at, maybe more quantifiable, that, that you believe could lead to better basketball? Well, I, I think it will come what the NBA does with the, uh, the spectrum uh, tracking devices. So, for instance, we can talk about, hey, we don't think you were open there. 
uh, but yet you shot that shot. Well, the kid argues that he was. Now we can have that. Well, the guy was three feet from him. He was two feet from him. All those things are going to eventually be in every juvenile market as the technology gets better and less expensive. Yeah, that's something that we see to some extent in collegiate football already. Some of those quantifiable physical elements that you would think in the long term, or in the short term, I should say, are even easier in basketball. Fewer people, more condensed environment, a lot more control. Yeah, I mean, and, and at the end of the day, John, the, the, the way to make the numbers matter, where you, you can see a correlation from high school to college to pro, at the, at the, at the lowest level in high school, they got to have valid data so we can start getting some of this historical data so we can make make people understand or educate them more about what their chances are and, and give them an opportunity to make informed decisions. Turnover here, shot clock turned off. BYU with 88 on the board. I don't feel like the margin right now is reflective of what the day was like. Now, if I'm stand, if I'm standing, I'm throwing this tape away. We're tired. You know, you played against a team that's a juggernaut that's going to be an NCAA tournament team, one of the best teams in the country, and just got to regroup, get some rest, and uh, get back to the drawing board. Mark Pope and company get the win. How does that affect the West Coast Conference? Well, Gonzaga, the by far and away number one. Remember that standings impacted by the adjusted win percentage. That is a formula, proprietary formula made by Ken Pomeroy. It is not the traditional Ken Palm numbers, but there they are at eight and three in conference action. Loyola Marymount uh, still has to face two of the other top three, Gonzaga and Pepperdine, to close its year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Coach, to see, you know, how this thing plays out towards the end. I mean, we know what the seeding is, and no matter what the seeding is, you still have to play. And we mentioned earlier, Gonzaga and BYU, do they play in the tournament? Whether you think they should or shouldn't, at the end of the day, those two those two teams are getting in. Yeah. So the question is, who else can get in? But you're going to have to upset Gonzaga or BYU to get there. As a basketball fan, I love BYU and Gonzaga to play. I would. I'd love to see that in the West Coast Conference Final. And so that'll be one of the uh, telling story still to come if there will be such play you know, for both of those programs as BYU takes it convincingly 88 to 71 we're now joined by the victorious head coach and Mark Pope congrats on the victory today what stood out to you coach can you hear me <laughs> coach do you have us yeah, I can hear you guys. How you doing? Howdy. I'm doing great. Congratulations to you. A big-time win for your Cougars. What stood out today? Well, I was uh, – listen, this is a really good LMU team. They'd won four in a row. Uh, they'd won really big games on the road and at home. Uh, they'd done an excellent job, and they're just mismatched nightmares all the way around, starting with Eli Scott and the Pepe and the whole crew. And so I thought our guys did an unbelievable job coming in with focus and, and fight and – our young guys, Gideon George and Caleb Lohner, did a really good job with, with really difficult defensive assignments. And then Matt Harms was just off the charts tonight, just in every facet of the game. His rim protection was probably the difference in the first half. Uh, his offense uh, in the second half uh, was extraordinary. It's, it makes the game really easy when you just say pass it to Matt and let him go score. So super proud of my guys. I thought they did terrific tonight. Hey, Mac, uh, Coach Donahue here. Just uh, talking about Matt on the defensive end today with Eli Scott, I thought – that was a huge part of the game early.
Unfortunately, can't hear me, Coach. No, nah, I can. I just heard you. Uh, that was a huge part of the game early. That was all I heard. No, so I'm just talking about Matt's defense early yes. on Eli Scott. Yeah, it had a huge impact. Uh, you know, it's really difficult because Eli is probably the best passing big we have in our entire league. And so it's so dangerous to send a double. His points per possession is actually better uh, when he's passing the ball than when he's going to the work in the, co in the post. And so Matt was really good about being patient on his help. He just went at the last second and really used his length and his timing and shot blocking ability. And that really got, uh, you know, it got us off to a really solid start defensively, which was so crucial in this game. Thank you so much, Coach. Congrats to you. Appreciate you guys. Be good. That's the head man for BYU and Mark Pope. They have now won four of five and eight of ten. For Chris Walker, Steve Donahue, and our entire Beyond the Box Score crew, I'm John Sadak. This has been a presentation of CBS Sports Network, the 24-hour home of CBS Sports. We now send you back to the studio. It's Brent and the Gang with Inside College Basketball. Welcome in Saturday, New York studios alongside Ryan Combs and our insider John Rostein. over joining us from his West Coast home, Ryan Hollins. 88-71 the final. Eighth conference win now, 17th overall for BYU. Biggest takeaway from you, Ryan Hollins. Man, BYU was excellent tonight, but this was a horrible matchup. LNU likes to stuff the ball into the paint with Eli Scott. And, and you've got those trees for BYU that made everything tough. But I tell you, Mark Pope, one of my favorite coaches uh, in, in college basketball, he really took care of business, uh, getting the ball into the paint, kicking out for those opportunistic threes, and his big fellas took care of business today. Totally agree with Ryan Hollins, what he said. You know, points in the paint will stood out to me. Uh, fast break points as well, and the bench points. So BYU was clicking on all cylinders. They knew it was an afternoon game, and they wanted to go in the hand of business early, and they did that because they tied, I think, in the second half for points, but they took care of business in the first. You know, it's interesting. When I evaluate mid-majors for the NCAA tournament, one of the biggest things I look at first is, do they have any high-major experience? You look at the roster for BYU. Matt Harms came from Purdue. Alex Barcelo came from Arizona. Brandon Averett at one point in his career at a cup of coffee at Oklahoma State <laughs> in the Big 12. So you have guys on this roster, and again, Caleb Lohner also initially committed to Utah before going to BYU. You have guys on this roster in an NCAA tournament game that are not going to be intimidated if they play a power conference team and have to look somebody in the eye. And you know, we don't get intimidated here much, but look at the power tie on Brent today. I mean, that is transcendent. That blue we'll is it. shining. Exactly. We'll Mark Pope it. sends you that too there, buddy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect for BYU on this day. Matt Harms leading the way. 21 points on 7 of 8. Blowout win for the Cougars. We are just getting warmed up here on CBS Sports Network. Still two more games on the slate tonight, including number 25 San Diego State hitting the road to take on Fresno State at 7.30 Eastern. But first, we head to the Big East at the bottom of the hour. Seton Hall playing against Georgetown. Let's catch up on some highlights. Last time Texas and West Virginia met up, Andrew Jones played the hero, drilling a game winner in the final seconds to lift the Longhorns to a huge road win. Could the Mountaineers deliver some payback on Saturday? Well, this one has gone down to the wire. We pick it up, though, John, with Courtney Ramey from downtown. You know, Ramey, in a lot of ways, has been their best all-around guard this season, drilling that shot. It's a 19-point lead, but 
The Mountaineers, tougher than a long weekend at your in-laws. Sean McNeil with the curl. That made it a nine-point game. It's down to six. McNeil going to take this shot from El Paso and knock it down. Texas up by three. Western with a two-point lead right now late in the game. Deuce McBride with the three-point shot. Good one going on in the Big 12. 84-82 West Virginia with one second on the clock. All right, Texas Tech and Kansas earlier. Dewan Harris, alley-oop. Ochai Abaji, reverse dunk. Jayhawks up by nine. Yeah, and later in the second half, 59-51. Christian Braun passes Abaji, and he would knock down a corner three. And then we take a little bit further, under a minute left. Texas Tech down six. We got the swing from Terrence Shannon Jr. at the top of the key, nails the three. Kansas will respond on the next possession. The attack, the kick out again for the three. Braun makes it 67-61 on the final. That would be the final. All right, that's five straight wins, Ryan Hollins. Kansas is rolling right now. Guys, I honestly thought this was the biggest win of the year for Kansas. Uh, they've been so up and down, so Jekyll and Hyde. I know COVID has, uh, you know, attacked every team in the country in different ways. Uh, we know what Allen Fieldhouse looks like with fans, and I know these guys are getting used to it uh, without. But I want to point out one guy, man. Jalen Johnson has been excellent. He's not blowing you away on the stat sheet, but he's been a double-double guy. The 6'8 freshman is giving Kansas everything that they need. So this is a team we're going to have to start reconsidering, guys. I, I agree, Ryan Hollins. Bill Self has his troops going five games in a row. And I think this is a team we're not talking about. We're talking about the Texases, the Baylors, the West Virginia. And Kansas is surging right at the right time. And they're known for doing things at the national stage around these coming this last few weeks of, the, of February. And, you know, I'm just hearing in my ear from the well-embedded moles that we have that West Virginia has won at Texas. So they have split the regular season series. And, you know, you look at the Big 12 right now, and it's a fascinating circumstance because you have Baylor right now on Waco Island by themselves. They've separated themselves. And then the other six teams that are NCAA tournament bound from this conference, Kansas, Texas, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State, there's not a great deal of separation in terms of trying to identify one of those teams that could get to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. I think all six, with the right matchup, could win two games in the field. So again, a final West Virginia does beat Texas 84-82. Over in the Big East, Villanova has hit a rough patch recently losing two of the last four. This after starting 11-1. and one. Today they squared off with a rejuvenated UConn team that welcomed back star James Booknight earlier in the week and certainly has made his presence felt uh, in his return, John, of the UConn lineup. Yeah, he's the best player in the Big East in terms of long-term ability. Look at the dribble drive right there. UConn was in a good rhythm in the first half, but then Jay Wright made some adjustments. Posting up Colin Gillespie, he's going to carve out space to get the layup. Villanova was up by three, and then Villanova's defense really picked up. So did Jeremiah Robinson Earl's all-around game. 17-11 and 11 for him. Jermaine Samuel's going to find Colin Gillespie for the three-point shot. Villanova, a very, very good home victory over an improving UConn team. Yeah, they are 9-2 in the conference. UConn falls to 7-6, but you mentioned the improvement there. What was your takeaway, Ryan? Uh, you know, last week they got blitzed by Creighton on the road. Villanova did, and I think the tempo of the game today was in their favor the whole way, even though UConn did take the lead. But, you know, they second half they played their brand of basketball and they were able to win. Like uh, John said, uh, Gillespie's posting up smaller guards. Robinson Earl's getting to the lane, finishing with contact. They've got to themselves um, what they're normally used to doing besides the last hiccup last week. No, you nailed it, Ryan. And I think when we look at Connecticut right now, we are going to be using the term 
bracket first four in, last four out a lot over the next 22 days. Not that anybody's counting down to <laughs> Selection Sunday, but when you think about forecasting teams for the NCAA tournament, you are going to be judged on the product that you're going to bring to Indianapolis for the event itself. UConn is a clear NCAA tournament team with James Booknight. I know they've been forecasted right now as at the back end of the bracket with that kid in the lineup. They're not just a team that can make the NCAA tournament. They're a team that can advance. All right, Big East storylines continue. Seton Hall, Jerry Palm's first team out of the tournament, looks to strengthen its resume and stretch their win streak to five straight as Miles Kale and the Pirates travel to Georgetown 530 Eastern right here on CBS Sports Network, we are taking you until tip-off here on Inside College Basketball. Chelsea takes on a relentless Atletico Madrid. Tuesday on 